Hello, this is Jackson. Today on the podcast, I bring an interview that I had with Genesis Sprico, the co-artistic director of Imagine Ensemble, and one of the performers in Take Flight, happening at the Cincinnati Fringe Festival this year. Let's be artful. Okay, so... First of all, introduce yourself really quickly. Uh, my name is Genesee Spridko, and I am co-artistic director of Imagine Ensemble, and we are based out of Chicago. And your show is? Our show is Take Flight, an Adventure in Cirque. It is an aerial silk clown show uh, that is appropriate for all ages. It's a good show for anyone who has ever uh, come to the end of a chapter in their lives and about to embark in a new chapter, and uh, all of the fears and excitement and whatnot that goes into not knowing what the next chapter is going to hold. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and so how many performers are in the show? There are three performers, and we have two in support staff. And what do they do um, in the show, All right. specifically? So we have um, Bumbles, who's the body. We have Kiki, who is the heart. And then we have Fink, who is the brain of one person who is about to embark in their next chapter. And they board a plane, and then time stops. <laughs> and suddenly they are caught in this other world of trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, it definitely plays in the world of the world of the theater. We tear away the fourth mm -hmm. wall and, and really kind of show them that a clown show is much more than what people might anticipate. You know, people sometimes their opinion of clown is uh, sometimes it or Pennywise yeah. or these scary clowns and things like that. And we are the ultimate opposite of that. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So it is uh, Cirque based. It is. And so for each person that is on stage, what do they have a specialty that they uh, perform as or uh, a, a skill that they do? We all do all the specialties. Okay. So it is more of a narrative. We actually have a story that goes through the whole thing. And we use circus, the, uh, circus skills to help tell our story. So all of us at some point end up in the silks. All of us do some acrobatics. All of us do the clowning and the mime and all of the things. So we're all in it together. And um, so it isn't like one is specialized as the aerialist and one is specialized as the clown we all uh use the the i don't want to say the junk drawer but we use all of the skills to our advantage and and use it in order to tell the story more fully oh excellent yeah um and so for the backgrounds for each performers yes. uh what are what is everybody's background and how did you guys end up coming together to perform the show uh, this fruition of this cast, because we've, we've been doing Take Flight for about five years with okay. different cast members, each of them bringing their own skill sets and each of them coming in from a new different story. Yeah. So the ones we have performing here today uh, is myself, uh, Gabriel Howard, and Kathleen Hoyle. Uh, Gabe and I have worked together for many, many years in different projects and so forth, and he was our original Bumbles. And then we also, uh, Kathleen, happened to join our ensemble after my co-artistic director accidentally had an accident during mm. an event entertainment gig and she accidentally broke her wrist. Oh, no. And so our show, I mean, it's hard to do an aerial silk gig when you don't have a sure. wrist. <laughs> sure. So uh, luckily we were like, okay, who do we know that can do poetry and mime and aerial silks and clowning and all of these things? And we're like, Kathleen Hoyle. So uh, <laughs> Kathleen happened to go to circus school with 
uh, Ariel. Uh, oh, they excellent. Pr- they train together at the Actors Gymnasium in Evanston, Illinois, which is just north of Chicago. Okay. Uh, all of us have different training in different fields. So Gabriel is really great at dance. He uh, got his BFA in dance, but he also is just a general he knows his body very well. So he is uh, well up on all of his credentials for stage combat. Mm-hmm. He also can just pick up mime. He's better mime and aerialist than a lot of us. We're like, he just picks it up. He's a beast. <laughs> um, uh, Kathleen uh, took the full uh, conservatory program at the Actors Gymnasium. Excellent. And so all of her circus skills, not only say all of her circus skills, but their circus skills come generally from that uh, program. So Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Yes. Um, and so uh, you told me the other day that every time there's a new person that comes into the show, they bring a different life experience, a different uh, take on the show, and the story has to adapt. Absolutely. So can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, when we started creating the show five years ago, I was on the brink of my divorce. I had just gotten through a divorce. Uh, Ariel, uh, my co-partner, had gone through a horrible uh, episode where she was in the midst of a street shooting and uh, was kind of on a pseudo-homeless. She was uh, in between homes. And then uh, one, uh, and then Gabriel uh he was coming to grips with uh, a new gender. And we're all on this brink of a new chapter. Uh, Everyone who's come into the story has their own stories of what new things they bring about it. so sometimes it's a pronoun, sometimes it's a perspective, sometimes it's a skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, Ariel's father stepped in. Uh, actually, the, the preview video that you saw during previews yeah. was Ariel's father, Brian Begley, who trained with Marcel Marceau. So a lot of the mime work that we have in our show is actually what he and his wife and Ariel have trained us with and, and brought to the ensemble, which is awesome. Excellent. Yeah. Um, and so when... You're talking about bringing new skills. Does it change the story, or does does someone come in just as a character? How does that how does that actually uh, affect what we get to see on the stage? Not just how they feel about the performance in general. A lot of it comes down to uh, character interpretation. Uh, Bumbles is different depending on who plays it, just because of their own personal perspective of that. Uh, also. Uh, Kiki is a very different Kiki when Kathleen plays it Mm -hmm. versus when Ariel plays it. Because of that, we create a triangulation. Uh, Bumbles, Fink, and Kiki, uh, now that Kiki is a bit more, uh, how do I put it? Ariel is more Bubbles, and uh, Kathleen's a little bit more whiskey. So with that, I have to kind of recalibrate and become a little bit more of that buoyancy Mm -hmm. that the that triangulation of characters needs in order for the story to work. Mm -hmm. Um, It also helps that we can play our our banter and so forth. We rewrite whole scenes sometimes. We create stuff out of new skill sets. We create things out of new discoveries of like, oh, well, if we do this skill, that'll take us there, and then we can do this. And it's all in the land of we're still just trying to open the fourth wall, but the way we go about it changes, and the way that we virtuosically bring these skill sets to it changes. Okay. What do people normally expect when they go see your show versus what do they actually... uh, I guess, how does it compare to what people traditionally think of as a circus? 
this one has a little bit more of an explicit story than what you would find at a circus. If you gotcha. would just go to circus, there would be tend to be a series of acts with their own simple stories mm -hmm. within them, and some of them may be more nuanced than others. So when you say, so when uh, you use the word cirque mm -hmm. in uh, the, uh, the second title. Yes. So is there actually a difference between cirque and circus, or it's, is it just like a... It's the French version of it, okay. that's all. And, and it, a lot of the work we do is more in the land of European uh, clown and European, uh, uh, like the whole thing being Imagine, we are kind of a French-influenced company. Gotcha. So there is a, a lot of French influence, but there's also other European styles that are brought into it, including just the devising aspect itself, where the artists bring uh, their own... They bring themselves into the story. They bring themselves into the space of the stage and help create the story with us. So, gotcha. Yeah. And so when someone thinks of traditional um, circus and then they see your show, what are the differences? Uh, what's the different reactions that you get? I get a lot of emails from folks that it was, wow, I didn't expect to cry. Um, we have a lot of heart and a, a very deep story that goes with it. And it tends to, the kids it tend to enjoy it because it's a big spectacle show and, you yeah. know, we get to do a lot of fun things and we're kind of ridiculous clowns. <laughs> uh, but there's a level where the story hits people at different levels in their lives at different levels. So sure. we would sometimes get an email from someone a week or a month later and say, I'm still thinking about your show and it's still making me uh, reevaluate what my life choices have been and wondering what if. Um, so in that way, I find it really inspiring. I find it really uh, joyful to make people shake them up out of their uh, uh, perspective of what life should be sure. instead of what it could be. I like that. Yeah. So what is your role in the show? My role is Fink. I uh, play the brains. Mm -hmm. And uh, so during this production, I, well, what I bring to the company is that I, Got my MFA from Del Arte International School for Physical Theater awesome. in uh, California. And it's a program that is specifically built towards devised theater. It's specifically built towards looking at how to be dynamic in the space of the stage, speak poetically, and create new stories with uh, the ensemble striking the path. Sure. Instead of a playwright giving it to direct, a director, a director casting the actors, and yeah. then the actors going, great, where is my blocking? Uh, we are the people that are creating our blocking. We are the people that are creating what words we're going to say or how we're going to go about it. Um, so I bring that perspective to it. But I also, um, I, have, I have a dance background. I used to teach karate. I'm currently an educator. I do a lot with teaching people devised processes. I'm part of the American College Theater Festival for Region 3. I lead the devised theater program for that. And... Uh, yeah, I'm a, mostly a freelance performer and educator when I'm not running uh, Imagine. A, so, yeah. Um, how many times you performed at the Fringe Festival? Uh, you mean at this one? Uh, just in general. Oh, in general, uh, we performed at the Vancouver Fringe, Fringe Festival in 2015. We were at the Kansas City Fringe Festival 2015 and 2016. They asked us to come back, which was lovely. Uh, we did it at the Elgin Fringe Festival, and we were supposed to do the Milwaukee Fringe Festival, okay. but that was when Ariel broke her wrist, oh, and wow. so we had to step out of that, and it was so heartbreaking. Um, but it was nice because now we have Kathleen, and they're a, they're a beautiful uh, addition to this ensemble. Yeah. So. What are you looking forward to most at this Fringe Festival? 
I really look forward to, we've never been to Cincinnati in at all. And so we're really enjoying, one, just embarking in the theater scene here. And yeah. everybody is so sweet and so like, hey, hi, what's up? And uh, I really enjoy uh, the dynamic in this Fringe Festival. Everybody seems to be very collaborative, very uh, aware of each other's shows and aware of each mm -hmm. other's projects and the support is there in a way that I didn't experience at some other festivals. Sometimes when they're really big, everybody's in their own little tunnel of making sure that their show is successful without mm -hmm. really, you know, it's more yeah. like a competition and this one feels like, hey, we're all doing this. We're swimming in the same swimming hole. Yeah, I, it's I, kind of fun. I was able to tell Chris, I think that I mean, I have not been to any other Fringe Festival, but this is my first Fringe Festival. And the thing that I've noticed is that it's just one big, massive community. Uh -huh. And it's not just a community of a whole bunch of artists or a whole bunch of audience members who go, mm -hmm. but it's the melding of the two yeah. where, you know, you can have a conversation with an artist yeah. and we've been able to have great conversations. Yeah. And... Um, it's it's just it's such a relief to be able to walk up to a random person and I've been asking, are you an artist or are you an audience? Uh huh. And they'll go, oh well, I am both. And exactly. I go, oh, they're, they're an artist then. <laughs> yes. Because and and that's what I like about the artist because mm -hmm. it's not just oh I have to be here at this. This is my call time. This is when I do tech. Exactly. This is when I perform. This is oh you know I have an hour. There's a show that I've really been wanting to go see. I'm going to go see it. Exactly. And. That 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 type of community where it's collaborative and it's also just it's it's very uplifting yeah. to know that the other artists are going to be at your show and cheering you on mm -hmm. no matter what. Absolutely. Um, and you know that's really yeah. it is. It's heartening. Uh, yeah, it was one of the things that we're hoping to engage with with this particular Fringe Festival because I think this we've been doing take flight for about five years and mm -hmm. it's getting more and more to the place where you're like well how fringe is it if we've been working on it for this long and uh so this is one of those things where we're looking at this perhaps being the last fringe festival that we take this show to and start to uh create the promotional materials necessary to start taking it to uh venues on a more uh sure. curated experience so sure. yeah that's yeah. an interesting thing uh what do you think why do you think that you fit as of right now, you said you may be moving away from it, but yeah. why do you think the show was so meant for Fringe at this time? Well, it's fun because it's clown, and a lot of times circus and theater are not usually done together. They're usually, it's a, it's a weird hybrid. Hybrid, Like, yeah. you were wondering about, like, how is it circus? It's like, well, we use the circus skills in creating theater. We're that Venn diagram. Yeah. And in that way, we fit in fringe festivals because we don't fit any particular box. We're not of a certain, like, well, obviously, you're a clown show, or obviously, you're an aerial silk show, or obviously, you're an acrobatic show, or, you know, it we're all those things uh, thrown together, and so we're kind of a trail mix of happiness. Um. <laughs> I love that a trail mix of happiness. Yeah, <laughs> that needs to be on a T-shirt. Absolutely, I would love that. Um, so yeah, it, one of the things that I've loved about being at Fringes, it is allowed me to take riskier choices, especially with our show being family friendly. A lot of times when you create children's theater, quote unquote. Uh, it gets really watered down or really dumbed down or really um, thrown to the lowest common denominator sure. for the fear of not connecting to your audiences. And there's something about Fringe that brings out a sharper 
you know, brand of, of uh, audience and they're, mm -hmm. they're open to an adventure. They're open to maybe not understanding every single moment, yeah. but they're interested in seeing how you create that moment and how, uh, what that moment feels like and so forth. And we're able to make some really bold choices that we would normally not be able to do if we we're like, we're just going to take this to a library. Yeah, and it's, yeah. It's, it's the open, I, and, I, and I completely agree. It's the open-mindedness of the audience mm -hmm. as much as it is the uncensoredness of the if that's a word uncensoredness of the artist yes um because if you take a friend show to a theater yes. if you know you know going to a regular night of performance yes you know the the average patron may look at it differently than someone who is going to see something that they may not understand i think that yeah. i think cincinnati fringe especially the audience members i've been able to talk to so far know that maybe they won't understand it but it doesn't mean that they're not willing to go see it. Exactly. And even if it makes them uncomfortable, even if they don't understand it, you know, any sort of subjective thing that you can think about. Yep. It matters to them that the platform has been made. Mm -hmm. They are using, uh, they're, they're witnessing mm -hmm. people on the platform. Yeah. And then they're able to talk. And, and that's where the community comes in. Yeah. Being able to talk to the artist and saying, okay, you used the platform. Now tell me what, what were you thinking in this moment? And that's why I've really yes. enjoyed talking with the art, the artists because mm -hmm. they get to explain it. Yes. You know, if you're outside of a Broadway show, you know, you can sign an autograph and walk away, but yes. the artist will get a drink with you. Yeah. And, you know, talk about what they, you know, how, how did you come up with the process? Or yeah. Like, and, you know. Yeah. And one of the things I like about Fringe in particular is people are not afraid to give negative feedback. Yeah. If there is something that they didn't call, you know, that they didn't, particularly appreciate or if there was like mm, that wasn't my thing they will tell you that and I am totally I, I appreciate a frank feedback as opposed to a no it was great but Thanks. but I also yeah. think but I also think along with that it's not just that it may be negative mm -hmm. but it's negative for the sake of being positive yeah it's it's you know I didn't it's for the sake I didn't of really know if I liked this but I appreciated that you presented it. Right. It's not, you know, it's not like a survey where it's like, this is the worst performance ever. I'm not buying a ticket again. Like, sure. You know, it's, it's oh, I'll go see another one. Yeah. I may go see them again. Maybe I just didn't understand it. And that's a lot of, especially in device process, that feedback is what then can spark us into making new choices or making new decisions and going, well, maybe we could, instead of this, we could do this. Or maybe if this is not quite so clear, we could try these other aspects. Um, and so that feedback turns around and directly relates to how we then go about our work. And in particular for Take Flight, Take Flight started as an hour and a half long show. And then we like cut whole scenes. If we like did all the material that we ever created for Take Flight, it'd be a three hour show yeah. easily. And, uh, and from that, we're able to really bring it down to its essence, really bring it down to its nitty gritty, thanks to the audience who's able to, we're able to hear their responses. We're able to hear what lands and what's like, well, that, they never get that. They never laugh at that part. Maybe we need to look at that. Or there's no guesswork when it comes to fringe. You can mm -mm. just go up to somebody and ask, like, "Hey, why didn't you laugh there?" Yeah. <laughs> also that. Yeah. It, I it, love it's, that. It's very open. Yeah. We're we have no problem. We we prefer to not have a fourth wall. We literally tear our fourth wall apart during our show and that's kind of true of us as people too when we're here at the fringe we like to just come up to people and hang out and engage with people that we don't 
no. Yeah. Um, it's been the wonderful thing about going to different fringes across the country is we get to engage with a lot of different artists and a lot of different perspectives and, um, and we get to be inspired by their work as well. And sometimes we'll see something and we're like, oh, that is remarkable. And that is something that's, that can spark something to come about later on. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and so I've been asking this question to all the artists that I've talked to. Um, and I, th I think you have touched on it a little bit. But what do you hope the audience takes away from the performance that you're doing? What do you take it away from the experience? I'm sorry, what, can you say that again? What do you hope that they take away from it? Um, what do you hope that they feel? What do you hope that they, you know, uh, are able to process about the performance or the experience of the show? I hope they feel enabled to see that there are multiple ways to go and that they do in fact have the courage to do what they feel is right for themselves. Uh, that it, it's not going to be easy that it's not going to be without pain, but that we all have it within ourselves to find joy in our lives. Oh, that's, that's a really good answer. Thank you. I've been getting really good answers on that. Thank I'm, you. I'm very glad. Awesome. This was an awesome talk. And Why, thank, thank you, you so much for joining me. No, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Genesee, for an amazing interview. It was great to talk to you and about the process of creating that show. My sister Caroline and I were able to see it uh, this last weekend, and it was just wonderful. We absolutely loved it. If you're interested in seeing the show at the Cincinnati Fringe Festival, make sure to go to www.cincyfringe.com for all of the available showtimes and ticket information. That is it for this episode of the podcast. Make sure to stay weird, Fringe, and have an artful day. Music